If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream a download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to Batmates. Follow la 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 la. My name is Becca, and if you don't bring me some GD figgy pudding, I swear to God. <laughs> My name is Josh, and ho ho ho! Merry Christmas, everyone! It's Batmates Holiday Special Two: Lost in New York <laughs> or Gotham. Live from not New York, actually, though. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're doing another holiday episode. Actually, it's a little closer to like a Christmas vacation movie, if you think about like how much traveling there is away from Gotham in, in this comic. In this story, that's yes. true. Yeah, uh, we're going to be covering uh, Brave and the Bold number 148 today. Yes. But before that, we have a few things to cover. First, I have a correction. Ooh. Now, this correction was... Not submitted in the way that it should have been, which is to our email, batmatespodcast at gmail.com, mm-hmm. or our Twitter, at batmates. But we got a correction from a listener that the who word... Who called you during dinner. Who rude. called me during dinner. Rude. Very rude. That the word boner was used as erection, like to mean erection, before the 1980s when I said when it was first found in like a slang dictionary. Mm. Uh, this listener says that he was... Using the word boner to mean an erection well before the 1980s. Mm. Uh, you know, keeping them honest, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, my research can only go so far. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know what the old farts out there know. So we need those old farts to email us at batmatespodcast at gmail.com. And not interrupt our dinner. And not interrupt us during dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I also have news. So a couple items. Uh, more than a couple, but... A few items. The Roku channel is going to be releasing a documentary directed by the Russo brothers called Slugfest. It's based on a book of the same name, and a trailer was released for the documentary. It will explore DC and Marvel's rivalry and how both companies influenced each other throughout the years. That's really interesting. Yeah. So it's based on... A book. A book. Yes. Like dis- it's like a Disney war, like a nonfiction kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like a it's mm. a history type of like you know this is what Marvel was doing, this is what DC was doing, and this is sort of their how they were trying to one up each other right. through the years, and how it led to like you know the creation of characters and the creation of storylines and cool. stuff like that. You yeah. and I love Disney War. Maybe I should I should get it on Audible. Yeah. This is not oh, yeah. sponsored by Audible. We're not yeah. that famous yet. Roku channel, weird weird place to put it. I don't I don't know anybody who has the Roku channel. Mm, I'm sure plenty of people Maybe you can get it on your smart TV or something. Smart I don't TV know. package and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Warner Brothers also has decided to release the Blue Beetle in theaters with the release date set for August of twenty twenty three. Ooh. And this is the one that will have uh, Jaime Reyes and not the original Blue Beetle Ted Cord. Mm-hmm. And it's played by a kid who's going to be in the Batman, but it's not like the same universe. Mm. It's just, oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so I also have on here, Variety reported that Colin Farrell will be starring in a spinoff series from the Bat Reeves Batman film, where he will reprise his role as Penguin and show his character's rise to power in the Gotham underworld. I'm not sure I believe it. Yeah? I don't feel like Colin Farrell has enough time... 
in his schedule to do a TV show. The rumor is that he will be an executive producer on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, apparently Variety announced that the series was in the works back in September. Okay. So it seems like they have somebody on the inside. They they even named, like, a writer for the series. Hmm. Um, but Warner Brothers or HBO hasn't put out an official statement yet, so this might be a rumor. This might be one of those things where, like, you know, it's in the works, but then it might die on the cutting room floor. You know, something like that. Yeah. It's just like, you know, this person had a meeting with this person. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. And then the last bit of news I have is that the entertainment company Dama Dreams has announced a collaboration with DC and Warner Brothers to bring a Batman-themed escape room to the heart of Paris. Ooh, wait, when? The location, which is being kept secret, will feature three 350-square-meter rooms, which is over... 3,700 square feet for our, our American listeners, making it the largest escape room in Paris. Oh my God. It's going to open, it's said sometime in 2022. <gasps> they didn't name an exact date yet. <gasps> Josh and I are going to Paris next summer. Yeah, I, I hope that it's open when, we can, when we're there so we can go on our honeymoon. Oh my God, that'd be so fun. It says coming soon, and it also seems like it's going to be a limited run thing. Mm. So if it's like early 2022, it might not be open by the time we get there. That's it. We're moving our wedding up. <laughs> let's, get, let's get married whenever the weekend that opens is. Let's just fly out to Paris to just do this. Yeah. The weird thing is that the location is being kept secret. Like, I don't know how you Ooh. keep a location that large secret. It's going to be in the uh, the Parisian catacombs. So <laughs> if you lose, you actually get stuck down there and die. <laughs> Which is a real thing that happens. It said. It also said on the official website for this thing, it's like, you know, meet the Gotham villains in this experience or something. I don't know oh. if it's going to be like videos of people playing the villains or if they're actually going to have like live actors who are part of the escape room. Cool. But it sounds absolutely wild. That's so fun. I know. Wait, who would be your top person you'd want to have in a Batman themed escape room? The Riddler, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Clue. Master. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's three rooms. So the first room is Riddler, the second room is Clue Master. Who's like a third villain that gives riddles? Ventriloquist. <laughs> he doesn't give riddles. Uh, I just see. want him there. I'm trying to think, like, who's the D, like, the most D-lister? Oh, uh, Mad Hatter. Oh, that yeah. might be nice. Yeah. yeah. He's not a D-lister. I was thinking it, it could be something, somebody like stupid, like uh, you know, Catman or something, is the final room. Catman or <laughs> Mothman. False face. False face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've all done the stupid like I'm gonna leave you clues thing in the mm-hmm. Silver Age. So that's true. I mean, it's you have to have Batman solve solve something he's the greatest detective so there needs to be clues exactly and it's you can't just like every time it's footprints or every time it's like you know a piece of blood or whatever yeah well we have an interesting clue in this comic that we're reading today that's true that's true okay and then i also wanted to this is separate from news this is a i don't know if it's a new segment because i feel like i've talked about it before uh, comics josh's has read <laughs> i told him this wasn't news and he didn't listen to me <laughs> So if you're angry about this segment, please uh, direct your hate mail to Josh. So I know I'm late to the party, but I read and finished Batman The Adventures Continue Season 2, which is a mouthful of a title, but it's the it's the second like run of the series by Paul Dean and Alan Burnett, who were the guys who worked on the animated series. 
Uh, and it brings like the Court of Owls storyline stuff into the animated series universe. It ta- all this stuff takes place in the animated series universe. Um, I-, I liked it. I really liked it. The-, the latest issue came out like a week or two ago as of the recording of this podcast. Keep an eye out for it, uh, like the trade paperback. It might be mm, like six months until it actually comes out. But uh, Or read it online because you can access it through DC's app. But uh, yeah, it, it's got less jarring modern references in it like there were in season one, which kind of drew me out of the experience because the animated series is so like timeless, like they don't reference pop culture stuff like at all. And if they do, it's like made up stuff like the Grey Ghost. Um, and like in this comic, they have references to like real world pop culture stuff, which is a little like brings you out of the experience. But there was less of it in this season than there were in the in like the season one comics, which I liked. Uh, it's it's a great storyline. It's about like the the mayor of Gotham dies, and then there's like a power struggle. Uh, each each issue allows a di- different character who's like not Batman to star. So they bring like Dead Man into it and Huntress into it. So it's really worth a read. I also read Gotham City Villains, which was the hundred page special. And my first note here is just you and just what. The story that's written by Danny DeVito makes no sense. It's way too wordy and, like, doesn't have a coherent plot other than, like, at the end, the penguin has solved coronavirus, but they don't actually call it coronavirus. It does sort of seem like it was just born out of Danny DeVito being like, you know what? I really wish that the (laughs) penguin and Catwoman had gotten together in Batman Returns, Mm -hmm. but they didn't. (laughs) Yeah, because it's like, you know, the, the bird and the cat or whatever. The Poison Ivy and Mad Hatter ones are the best ones of the bunch, with the former showing how Pamela deals with being detached from humanity, but she still has human relationships, and then the latter just showing how odd and insane Mad Hatter is. It's got, like, a funny ending to it. Um, Yeah, I mean, the rest of them are really just bleh. It's not worth a $10 price tag Mm. because only 20% of it is enjoyable. Mm. So it should be $2. Yeah, it should be $2 and you should only get the two that I said. Okay. <laughs> and maybe the Danny DeVito one just for morbid curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, I also read Tis the Season to be Freezen, which is the 80-page holiday special that DC put out this year. It's pretty good. It has another Deanie Burnett story that's uh, Mr. Freeze. takes place in the animated universe. It has another story from Mr. Freeze. Oh, nah. I enjoyed there. There's like a firestorm and a killer frost story where they work together in the Justice League, um, like surveillance on Christmas Eve, and uh, there was also a Captain Cold and Flash story where they they save Christmas, hmm. which I thought was cute. And this one is definitely worth the ten dollars. I want them to write a follow up to the firestorm and killer frost one mm-hmm. and call it the song of frost and fire. <laughs> Have it be like a medieval parody. <laughs> They're already doing a medieval parody with, uh, what is it called? Dark Knights of Steel or something. Hmm. It's like, uh, they, they take the DC characters. There's like Superman and Batman and stuff, but they're all like Knights of the Round Table and like Harley Quinn is like a jester and stuff. That's a series that's ongoing right now. Oh, I yeah. should get that a read. Yeah, you should check it out. All right. <laughs> I also read... One Star Squadron, which only the first issue is out so far, but it's really intriguing. For whatever reason, it gives me, like, Watchmen vibes. Hmm. It, it tries to make sense of how heroes would, like, pay rent and age out of fighting crime. It's 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 really interesting. Like, okay. the, the 
the first issue so far, like it's centered around this one guy who used to be a crime fighter and his whole deal was like he would headbutt people and now he has like brain damage. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all the other, like the like D-lister superheroes are like selling online courses to help them like make money because superheroing actually doesn't make you any money. Jeez. It's, yeah, it's pretty like, pretty sad. I wouldn't say it's like dark, but it, you know, it, it delves into like the, the gritty uh, nitty gritty of like what would it actually be like to be a superhero because doing like good deeds doesn't pay the bills yeah so these people have to pay the bills somehow the only like series that ever really answered that question of like how do superheroes get paid was the boys mm-hmm. where they're backed by like a huge conglomerate corporation who also like you know pays them to like do evil stuff that are that's in the interest of the American military <laughs> and all of, all that kind of stuff so yeah. yeah the answer is uh you could have somebody who's paying the superheroes but the superheroes are then indebted to them yeah which was kind true. of like the plotline of civil war a little bit where it's like tony was paying for the avengers to like be able to just be heroes but then like you know basically that made them indebted to like whatever he wanted to do yeah pretty much i mean when i first saw it i thought it was going to be something similar to booster gold where like his whole deal was he goes back in time he tries to be like um a, a superhero media star like he wants to make money off of being a superhero but these guys are like so not famous enough that they wouldn't even be able to make like a lot of money with merchandising rights or anything mm. like they're not putting themselves out there to do that like they're doing like telemarketing to actually make ends meet oh, man. <laughs> you know what we should write um a comic that's like superheroes but it's like wrestlers like they have to show their t-shirt on twitter <laughs> In order to pay the rent. I mean, it would be absolutely funny to watch maybe if this One Star Squadron thing would would venture into that in future issues. Uh, Like how wrestlers end up being like uh, movie stars where they'll like end up in movies and stuff. Maybe that's what happens. Or they're washed up and they have to go to like, you know, gymnasiums and be like, do you want a picture of me from the 80s? And I can sign for you. Or they do like uh, dare programs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Maybe that's or, that's also a little bit like uh, the the movie The Wrestler. It's also yeah. a little bit like that. Or like The Ultimate Warrior. Write comic books. There you go. There you go. <laughs> His comic books are wild. <laughs> okay. Have you ever have you ever read any of the Ultimate Warrior comic books? Uh, no, never. We're gonna have to. Maybe not for the podcast, but I'm gonna have to make you read some of them. Oh, okay. It's like. Imagine the worst comic book you've ever read and then times it by like a (laughs) hundred. It's actually, you know what? There's a Christmas one. Maybe we'll do that next week as like a bonus, a bonus Christmas (laughs) episode. The ultimate warrior bonus episode. Yeah. I think we're going to have to do that. Okay, okay. Okay. Actually, I don't have on my list here, but you and I read Batman Noel last night. Yeah, we did. The, that that book came out, uh, I want to say, like two weeks ago. It's hardback, and uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's yeah. sort of like a retelling of... It's not sort of. Okay. It's, it is a Christmas carol. It's, it's a retelling of a Christmas carol, and I say through a lens that is like Batman, but it's not like Batman is playing the character of Scrooge. Mm-hmm. It's like... The story equates what he's going through in the actual, like, main story to what happened to Scrooge. Yeah. It's it's not like, you know, the characters are playing different characters. It's just that the guy who's telling the story is relating them to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, gorgeous art. Absolutely beautiful art. Um, definitely worth a read. Definitely pick it up. Definitely read it. It's It's 
very good. It's really good, yeah. It's like a surprising retelling of A Christmas Carol. I've I've seen like a thousand retellings of A Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. And I've been in The Christmas Carol on stage. Ooh. Yeah. I played Martha Cratchit. So I'm very intimate with the story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was good. I liked it. Okay. I've been reading Fables and Loki and uh, Eternals and Lore Olympus. Okay. I can never read just one thing. Well, I stay in the DC bubble. Yes. Okay. Uh, before we get to our comic, do you want to talk about somebody who's going to be in this comic? Sure. Okay. So in this comic, Brave and the Bold, Brave and the Bold is always like team up uh, comics. And in this one, it's Plastic Man. Batman is going to be teaming up with Plastic Man. So for those of you who do not know who Plastic Man is, I figured I'd give a little rundown uh, just to familiarize people with what his whole deal is, it's a little self-explanatory. <laughs> He's plastic. <laughs> He's actually more elastic or rubber than he is plastic. Hmm. And that's actually a point of uh, difference in his like... He has plasticity. He has plasticity. Hmm. Yes, exactly. He should be called Plasticity Man. Y- yeah. Well, in, in the, like, post-crisis, he says that his name is Elastic Man, but a reporter mishears him and calls him Plastic Man. I love it. So anyway, Plastic Man debuted in quality comics magazine Police Comics in 1941. His name was Patrick Eel O'Brien, and he was orphaned at 10 and joined a gang where he specialized in cracking safes. During a heist at the Chemical Works, I want to note that this is when he was an adult, not when he was 10. During a heist at the Chemical Works, <laughs> a hardened child, O'Brien was and his gang were caught by a night watchman, and in the ensuing chaos, he was shot and had chemicals dumped on him. Oh my god. His gang left him for dead, but he was able to get away, and he healed in a monastery. There, he made the decision to turn his life around, and also discovered that the chemical that had entered his bloodstream had given him the power to bend and reshape himself however he wanted. Mm, That isn't how that works. Don't pour chemicals in your wounds. Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Don't do any of the stuff that's in comic. Don't stand in, like, a nuclear reactor like the Fantastic Four did or whatever. Space space rays or whatever. (laughs) Don't drop your girlfriend into a vat of chemicals. Yeah. What else? While his origins sound dark, Plastic Man's comics were known for their slapstick humor, using his morphing power to turn him into ridiculous things like a car or a bouncy ball to help him fight crime. Mm. When Quality Comics went out of business in 1956, they sold all of their characters and trademarks to National Comics Publications, which would later become known as DC. Uh, I also have some other interesting facts about Plastic Man, just sort of skimming through his Wikipedia. He cannot change his color without concentrating very hard, which limits his options of things that he can change into, which are red, yellow, and skin tone. If he wants to hide, he either has to do something that's red, yellow, or skin tone, or he can't hide. Mm. (laughs) But he can have the whole color take over his body, right? Yeah, I guess it's like the part of him that is that color he can expand out to Mm. like whatever shape. He can also change his density. So he can go from being very dense to very not dense. So he can be like stretchy and stuff. Mm-hmm. He is seemingly immortal as he doesn't visibly age and is alive in a comic that's set 3,000 years in the future. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a black lantern couldn't remove his heart, which implies that he may be one mass of stuff and not like separate organs. Mm. 
and he has a son that inherited his powers that was introduced to the comics in 1999. That's cool. Who's his his child's mother? Uh, I think it's like a girlfriend, and I don't know if the kid is illegitimate or not. I I really didn't look too far into this, because I wanted to give a very brief rundown of the character. If he's a mass of stuff, how does... (laughs) How does he... Becca, stop asking questions. Okay. Stop asking questions. We don't... Listen, we did the porno episode last week. I mean, week. technically he can change his shape, so... <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things. He's... I don't want to say he's a minor character, but he's not, like, a popular character. So I'm sure that there's changes in his continuity. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's can get I... into the comic. One more, one more piece of news. Okay. I know we're not... I know we're a DC podcast, okay. but like, you guys gotta see Spider-Man, it's so good. <laughs> it's really, really good. Okay, that's it. Alright, let's get into the comic, come on. Okay, so, this episode, we are talking about Batman Brave and the Bold 148, which was released in 1978. The writer was Bob Haney, the penciler was Joe Statton, the inker slash letterer was Jim Aparo, the colorist was Jerry Serpy. And the editor was Paul Levitz. Jim Aparo was also one of the pencilers. And I wanted to make note that he was an artist on many things, including Aquaman and the Phantom Stranger. Mm. He was the artist for the Brave and the Bold from the 70s to the 80s. I think he might have also done some in the 90s. And perhaps most notably, he was the artist for the Batman detect- and Detective Comics during the Death in the Family storyline, which was Jason Todd's death. And he was also the artist for the Nightfall issue where Bane breaks Batman's back. Oh, shoot. (laughs) R.I.P. Loves to show our boys in pain. Yeah, really. He's, like, very famous for giving Batman his iconic look of the 70s. Yeah. It's a lot of, like, shading. Yeah. He does... He does make like a distressed face a lot. <laughs> That's my image of Batman in the 70s. It's just distress. The cover shows Batman and Plastic Man beating up some goons while Santa looks on proudly. <laughs> we open on Gordon, surveying the scene of a truck driver's murder. The back of his truck was ransacked of its loot, which was a load of illegal cigarettes being brought into Gotham as part of a butt-legger war. Yeah. I can't believe... I was like, okay, I understand bootlegging. This is what they call bringing in illegal cigarettes is buttlegging? Apparently. It's two body parts. We are going to say it a lot, so get used to (laughs) buttlegging. So Batman, who proudly got here before the GCPD, makes his presence known, and the two discuss how the smugglers are costing the city an arm and a buttleg in taxes. (laughs) Gordon remarks that the cigarettes are bought down south, where they're much cheaper, and then smuggled into Gotham. Gordon asks Batman if he's going to look into it, but heroes need holidays too, and Batman hasn't finished his Christmas shopping. This Batman in this comic is quippy, but like also a jerk about it. A like little he's, bit. He's like mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like it. Well, at least that's what he tells Gordon that he's going to do. In reality, Batman has a hot date with every snitch in town, but no one will give up the goods about the butt-legging ring. (laughs) They know the smugglers are like Santa. They know if you've been bad or good. Hmm. So Batman passes the Lacey's department store Christmas display, which brings a brief moment of joy to his cold heart. And Batman makes his way to the department store, presumably to actually shop for a present. Um, And he arrives in time to see a very flexible Salvation Army Santa save a boy from being hit by a car. Yeah. 
Um, this woman is so much more worried about her kid running into the road than she is about the, uh, elastic man who just saved her child. She's, like, mad about it, too. She's like, I told you not to run into the street, damn it. Like, <laughs> he was literally about to die. Yeah, she's, she's, like, upset with him and also not grateful to the guy who just saved her kid. No. <clears throat> you know what? It's Gotham. You see weird stuff every yeah. day. Yeah. In reality, it's Batman's old friend, Plastic Man. Old Plas has been having a rough go of it. He feels like such a freak that he can't fit in anywhere. He's literally ringing a bell in front of a department store to get some change. <laughs> Batman, who is a millionaire, says, I wish I could help you, and then doesn't. <laughs> Batman thinks for a second that he could spend Christmas with Plastic Man, but he needs a lead on the smuggling ring first. Hmm. The next morning, Gotham awakens to a disturbing sight. Someone has stolen the entire Christmas display in front of Lacey's department store, Carmen Sandiego style. <laughs> I need to suspend my disbelief a little bit that no one would have seen something that must have taken hours on the busiest <laughs> corner of the city. But Batman arrives just in time for the mayor to declare Gotham in a state of emergency. A Christmas emergency. Mayor, this is not a state of emergency. Stop trying to abuse your emergency powers. You see this very often. I have no idea what declaring a state of emergency actually does to help because it seems like Batman is the only one who actually is like on it. Is it just like a curfew? Like, how does that help? I mean... I mean, as like a, a president or a mayor or a governor, declaring a state of emergency extends the powers that you can have. Doesn't it mean you can receive federal relief funds? <laughs> is, it, is it? Is he going to? I think that's part of it. But well, you, it's 1978. That would have been you Jimmy can also, Carter. You can also like pass, uh, you can pass like laws and stuff without having to use like the legislature. So, like, you know, when COVID hit, all these governors declared a state of emergency so they could declare, like, the mask mandates and stuff like that. Yeah. Is Hamilton Hill going to write to Jimmy Carter and ask for federal relief because their <laughs> department store display was stolen? Well, this isn't Hamilton Hill. I think it's, it's worth noting, I've done a lot of research into the mayors of Gotham because, like, I want to do a mayor of Gotham episode at some point. But, uh, like, Gotham goes through a bunch of nameless mayors before they actually start naming them. This man has a very bushy beard. Or not beard. <laughs> mustache. He's a very bushy mustache. He looks like a young Wilford Brimley. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Diabetes. All right, so it's a Christmas emergency. That's mm -hmm. where we're at. That's where we're at. Department store thing stolen. The mayor has declared a state of emergency. <laughs> Batman finds a clue written in the snow that leads him to Route 90. Once there, our good friend the Whirly Bat makes an appearance. <gasps> yeah. Okay, but this is looks nothing like the Whirly Bats of old. No, this thing's cool. It's purple. This one actually has a tail rotor and, like, landing skids. Like, it looks like an honest-to-God helicopter. Yeah. Like It's, it's pretty good. It's, it doesn't look like a roller coaster seat that has blades on top of it. It looks safe. I like it. it. Looks, yeah. This looks nominally safer. I mean, it's still, like, open. Like, he could still stick his hand up and get it chopped off mm -hmm. by the blades. Yeah, no. But he's got, like, a seatbelt, so it's fine. <laughs> Flying high above the road, Batman finds a convoy of six big rigs and hears their chatter over the CB because it's the 70s. Yeah, this this comic came out like a year after Smokey and the Bandit, the movie came out. So like truckers were real big. Yeah. Is that the same time that Convoy came out, the song? Oh, this song? I think it was right around the same time. Yeah. yeah. Did your parents ever have a CB radio phase? I think my dad might have. I know your dad did. My dad did, yes. <laughs> my dad and all of his friends. 
Do you know what your dad's uh, CB radio no, handle was? No, I don't even know if he, I don't know if he had one or not. I can't remember if it was my dad or one of his friends, but somebody's CB radio name was the Cosmic Kid. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm sure he'll tell us and we'll be able to correct it on the next episode. There you go. We'll have everybody's CB radio names by then. Ask your dad when we're home for Christmas this weekend. Like if he had a CB radio and what his name was. Yeah, we'll get all the CB radio stories. All right. Batman discovers the big rigs are carrying part of the Christmas display inside each of them. He hops onto the last truck and once inside, finds his good friend Plastic Man again. Plastic Man recounts the terrifying night before when he witnessed men stealing the display. When he tried to stop them, they knocked him out and grabbed him as another part of their decoration heist. Thinking quickly, (laughs) Plastic Man wrote the clue in the snow that led Batman here. I do like how these these bad guys are like, yeah, well, we're going to need a Santa Claus, so we might as well take this guy who's dressed up as Santa Claus. Might as well knock him out and kidnap him. They couldn't just, like, get a Santa Claus costume. Or, like, you know, take the clothes off of him. They were like, nope, this guy's coming too. He'll he'll do. I mean, also it gets rid of a witness, so, like, two birds, one stone. That's true. That's Mm -hmm. true. Batman wonders where the rigs are headed, but interrupts himself to stop a reindeer from eating up a trough of tobacco because he's a square. (laughs) Batman realizes the display thieves are really the butt-leggers he's been looking for. As the convoy stops to refuel, Batman hides amongst the decorations and jumps out to get the drop on one of the smugglers. He is quickly overpowered, though, thanks, Plastic Man, and is shot out of the air, landing in a vat of waste oil. He starts to sink and all seems lost until a red bendy savior reaches down and fishes him out. Thanks, Plastic Man. Yeah. As Plastic Man hoses him off, Batman explains the bullet missed him, but straight up asks Plastic Man why he was being a coward on the sidelines. (laughs) Plastic Man replies that it will be useful later if the smugglers don't know who he is. Batman worries that he still doesn't know where they're going, and Plast replies that he's used his freakish powers to listen in on the drivers and knows they're heading to Florida. After a 24-hour drive, the duo arrive and sneak in by sea. I love Plastic Man's snorkel nose. Oh, yeah. He, like, his nose sticks up to the surface. I also, they're, like, on this little island thingy, and there's, like, guards, and (laughs) he's got his snorkel nose sticking up, and nobody, like, notices that. Yeah, you know what? Snorkels are not really a good way to sneak up on anybody, so we're just gonna (laughs) ignore that that's a thing for now and forever, I suppose. The two hear a couple of mobsters giving the reason why they're all here. Big Jake Doyle is not long for this world, and he wants one last Christmas before he bites it. Additionally, all the buttleggers are going to decide to work together in a show of goodwill. Uh, I would love to be so rich from my illegal activities that I could just straight up steal an entire Christmas display from, like, Times Square mm-hmm. and have it shipped down to Florida for me. Mm-hmm. It's That's living a life. I mean... I guess it's like bragging rights. He's like, oh, I didn't just like buy this. I like stole like the most famous Christmas display in the world. Yeah, I guess you're right. It would have been, well, maybe it would have been less expensive to steal it though. Like, you know, think about how much they spend on those huge Christmas trees that they put in Times Square. Yeah. If you could just take it, like you just got to hire some guys to truck it down. Exactly. Yeah. So Batman thinks something seems off and insists they go check out the mansion. Using Plastic Man's hearing abilities once more, they discover the real story. Big Jake is a big fake, and he plans to lure everyone into one place and then give them the last Christmas present they'll ever get. A body full of lead. A gut full of lead is what the comic says. Yeah. Batman's plans are cut short when a pair of armed guards discover bats and plasts. 
Batman is hung up on the tree like a string of popcorn, which, what is that about? I don't know. I think it's just like a tradition. Is that in the Bible? No. no. <laughs> I don't think there's popcorn in the Bible. Oh, there should be. I don't think they even had corn in the Middle East. Oh. Corn, com- corn comes from America, right? It's like maize. Who started doing that? Who's, st- I don't know. Why do you put popcorn on your tree? Does people not have like pets? Or tinsel? Like, yeah. you know, something shiny? I guess. Maybe it's for, maybe it's like when you get your tree from outside, you know, you come, you're an old timey American, you go outside, you cut down a tree, and then there's still birds in it, so you gotta feed the birds something, so you string up some popcorn on it. That's horrific. <laughs> Let those birds back outside. <laughs> I reject this. Wait, wait, before we continue, this has absolutely nothing to do with the comic, but I wanted to tell you, I don't think I told you before, this past week I was trying to be like, oh, where do my parents usually get their Christmas tree from? Because uh, me, I was talking to a coworker about how my parents usually get like a Christmas tree that has the roots still on it. Like mm-hmm. it has like a bulb where, where the roots are and they like water it and then they can plant it out in the backyard after Christmas. But anyway, I was looking at the Christmas tree farm and... <laughs> I found the Christmas tree farm and then I looked at the Google reviews and there was like one five star review that was like good for the good good prices great trees and then there was a second Google review that was one star that was like I got a tree from here and it was full of spiders oh my god <laughs> yeah that that give me a one star review too no thank you sir that would ruin my Christmas right away <laughs> I just, like, I just imagine them, like, taking the tree home, and as soon as they set it down, <laughs> the spiders just, like, Ugh. come out of it. Suddenly arachnophobia. <laughs> exactly. No, no thank you. Okay. Well, we're never getting a tree. Anyway. <laughs> so, yes, Batman's hung up like a string of popcorn, and the party begins. Mm-hmm. Big Jake tells the captured plastic Santa to unleash the ribbon on a big gift that he has in the middle of the room, but it's his goons with guns. Luckily, Plastic Man decides it's time to reveal himself and blows up like a big absorbent balloon, blocking all the bullets. A huge gun battle ensues, with Big Jake showing everyone that his only illness is being a lying bastard. (laughs) Batman frees himself and swoops down to take out the boss man. In the chaos, a load of fake plastic snow starts to drift down onto the island. It's like part of the celebration was this guy hired a a helicopter to drop fake snow on the island, Mm -hmm. which notably came after he was supposed to kill his like business, uh, like. Yeah, that was the celebration just for him and his guys. So Plastic Man sees this fake snow um, and decides that he can repurpose it. So Plast funnels the snow into his head (laughs) and then he shoots it out of a Birdo-like snout, somehow immobilizing all of the smugglers. He he covers them all in it, yeah. And it's like frozen. I don't really understand. He's got a big big hole on the top of his head that he takes it in and then he opens his mouth and he like shoots it out. It's very strange. Batman is glad the criminals have been stopped. But it's almost Christmas, and the decorations are still not in front of a department store. If they don't get them back, Christmas will somehow be ruined. (laughs) But Plastic Man has an idea. Back in Gotham, Batman and Plastic Man force the buttleggers to help set the display back up, and by the time Christmas rolls around, everything is as it should be. And I guess the illegal cigarette war is somehow over, because every single person in a complicated supply chain scheme was captured and put away. (laughs) 
So Merry Batmas to all and to all a dark night. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I got to question these these guys who are like, "Oh, yes, my illegal competitor had a sudden change of heart and has invited me to a party. I better go." The moral of the story is don't go to the office Christmas party because there's a non-zero chance <laughs> that, that your boss or your rival will a large present that has three men with Tommy guns is going to pump you full of lead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is absolutely wild. You didn't even say that at the very end when everything is set up that Plastic Man extends his arm to spell out Merry Christmas. No, that's cool. In his arm. It's pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> I just don't really understand the threat in this comic. And Josh and I started to talk about it while we were reading the comic. And I figured we could save this conversation for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, why is why is this a Batman case? Like, I, I sort of understand the cigarette war thing was, like, tied into it. Obviously, Plastic Man did get kidnapped. But, like, ultimately... He didn't need to be the one who, like, goes and retrieves the decorations out front of the department store heist. He's, he, I mean, he does robberies. He solves robberies. But, like, it's outside of Gotham. It's an interstate robbery. They're, they're breaking federal law, maybe. Okay. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I just... Actually, they're breaking federal law with the, with the butt-legging because, uh... It's, like, illegal to bring stuff into states that aren't supposed to be in those states. It's just, nobody's Christmas was going to be made worse by the decorations not being out front of the department store on Christmas. <laughs> like, they're just going to get taken down the next day anyway. What, what does it, what does it matter? Uh, he, he can end the mayor's reign of terror with his, uh, with his emergency powers. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. It's it's a little bit of a weird convoluted story, but it was silly and I like the word butt leg. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to use it in a sentence this week. I'm going to figure out how. <laughs> Shoehorn butt legging into your conversations. Yeah. That's your that's your uh, your assignment till next episode, listeners. <laughs> Try to use the word butt leg in casual conversation. <laughs> Bonus points if it's during Christmas dinner. <laughs> Oh, you know, uh, New York cigarette taxes are so high, I hear that butt-legging's a real problem. Butt-legging is really, you know, these supply chain issues, people are going to have to butt-leg again. <laughs> Just like in 1978. Uh, can we talk about the ads that are in this comic, too? Oh, yeah, they were so good. The The Hostess Cupcake Wonder Woman ad is glorious. Mm-hmm. It's got... Uh, Wonder Woman, like, beats up a cat that belongs to Cheetah, and then... But first she has to distract Cheetah by feeding her a hostess cake so that Cheetah won't realize that Wonder Woman is abusing her pets right in front of her because the hostess cake is that good. And then like... At the end she gets captured and Wonder Woman's like, did you enjoy the cake? And, and Cheetah's like, yeah, it was pretty good. Well, she has the the lasso of truth tied around her, so she can't lie. Yeah. And so, like, obviously, yeah, of course she did. Of course. Those things are delicious. And, like, if I was a supervillain, that is how you would capture me, too, <laughs> is give me a hostess cake and then tie me up while I'm distracted. <laughs> uh, I also thought it was funny. There's a BB gun ad in this Christmas story. 
It would still be a few years till the movie came out, but I just kind of thought it was funny oh, yeah. that they have like a BB gun ad in this Christmas uh, episode. I've never seen that movie. The Christmas Story? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I know there's like a, a lamp. Yeah? That's all I know. Okay. Well, we can watch it maybe next year or maybe this year. There's still still a few days till Christmas. I want to watch Joye Noel. I still haven't made you watch that yet. Okay. But I will. Okay. There's also toys from the Superman movie, which was going to come out when this comic came out. It's uh, it's like a huge... There's like four ads in this comic mm-hmm. for the Superman movie. We should clarify the 1978 Richard Donner Superman movie. Yeah. Starring Christopher Reeves and Margot Kidder. Yeah. They want you to go out and see it. And then also they're selling toys that are based on it. You can buy like dolls that are of the characters from the movie uh, you could buy a calendar, mm-hmm. uh, and they also have kryptonite, Ooh. which is just a uh, like a green glow-in-the-dark rock that they sell you. Creepy. <laughs> Why would you want that? That's what hurts Superman. So you so you can fight Superman. Okay. <laughs> Strange messaging. They also have Batman toys. They have you know they have his they have the belt they have the grappling hook and the rope they have the walkie-talkie they have his bat cuffs and his bat gun. You know, Batman's famous gun. Yeah, the bat gun that he uses all the time. I it, it really, like, got shoved in my face by the end of this comic how much we weren't in the Silver Age where suddenly everyone had a gun. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, people die in this comic. The truck oh, yeah. driver dies in the yeah. beginning. There's, there's a murder. There's a, a like, I think they're, they specifically say, like, a guy dies in the gang war. Mm-hmm. Like... <clears throat> Yeah, we're, we're solidly out of the Silver Age with this comic. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the company that made this, like, Batman utility belt, which is, the name of the company was Remco, they repurposed some of the molds for other famous superheroes and sold them in packs. Mm-hmm. Uh, superheroes like Spider-Man and Superman. You know how Superman is always using handcuffs, and Spider-Man is always talking on his walkie-talkie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Toys in, like, the 70s, like, 60s, 70s, it was just Wild West. Like, they could do whatever they wanted. Yeah. There was no, like, quality control or, like, like DC wouldn't have stepped in and been like, nope, can't do that. Everything was finished off with lead paint. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, all of the plastic was, like, terrible plastic that would become brittle after, like, five years. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's pretty wild, but yeah, that was that was all the comics that I read, all of the uh, ads in the comic that I read that I thought were like interesting. I, the Batman gun was just what I was like. Why is there a gun in this package? So you can shoot the Joker once and for all, because <laughs> it's nineteen seventy eight. What would you say is the moral of the story? The moral of the story: uh, don't butt leg. Don't, like. don't trust that like your rival will suddenly have a change of heart like be suspicious yeah that's the moral of the story is be suspicious we were watching a lot of the sopranos and i really enjoy the fact that every single person in that show no matter how secure they are in their position anytime anybody's like come get in a car with me they're always a little bit apprehensive about it <laughs> yeah. and i'm like that's a good way to go through life yeah, be suspicious. Be That's suspicious. the moral of the story. Exactly. Is like, don't trust people. No. That's our holiday message to you, is don't trust anyone. <laughs> that Santa and, that you passed on the street could be a man made of plastic. And snitch if you can. That's the other message. <laughs> All right, well. Happy uh, holidays. Happy Merry holidays. Christmas, everyone. Uh, happy belated Hanukkah. Uh, happy Kwanzaa. 
and Merry Christmas to everybody. And, and to all a good night. Yeah. No, Merry Batmas to all and to all a dark night. I'm going to use that forever now. You can email us, batmatespodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Batmates. And you can rate us five stars. And if you do, we will read your review on the air. So, yeah. Merry Christmas. And we will see you in 2022, which is the year we're getting married. And going to a Batman-themed escape room in Paris, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.